welcome back to another Tuesday here on Fingers Crossed Podcast. We are so happy to be back with you. And when I say we, I mean me, myself, and I. We are doing a another with the we. I'm so used to saying we, but it's just me because we're doing a solo episode today. It is a first of its kind Christy solo adventure on Fingers Crossed. And I am definitely missing Sierra and wish she was here to bounce back and forth and jump in with some, you know, timely jingles as she always does. And it's kind of a bummer that she's not because she is sick. So that is where we've been. If you noticed last week, we did not upload an episode. It was kind of a last minute game time decision because Sierra got sick a couple weeks ago. She got COVID. I don't want to speak too much on her behalf and I'm sure she'll tell us all about it when she returns, hopefully next week. But her COVID did take a turn and she also got pneumonia and she had to go to the hospital at some point. So definitely send her your well wishes because that is not fun. And I, she's feeling better already and um, we're wishing her the best. But yeah, she is recovering from that at the moment and probably not an ideal situation for talking for an hour plus back and forth with me on the podcast. She said she was ready to come back and I was like, yo, I think you should, you know, maybe take it easy, give yourself some time to recover and talking unnecessarily isn't going to help. So we're going to let her have that time, have a week off and it's just me on the podcast today. So I'm just recording in my room on the mic i haven't done a solo that's just me i've done solos like without sierra where i've interviewed other people but this is the first time that there's not another person to kind of bounce off of and talk to and get their thoughts and feedback and take a breath and you know just kind of volley with so we're just volleying with the many voices in my head today but i thought this would be a great opportunity to maybe talk about something that i've recently started working on in myself and talking about a little bit on my YouTube channel when I started uploading again this year. And if you've seen those, some of it might be a little repetitive, but I thought the podcast would really be a great avenue for me to be able to really delve into it a little bit deeper and have a longer conversation. And I don't know, there's something about recording where you're not like looking at a camera or face to face or like you're not thinking about uploading it to people watching it. Something is different about that and I just feel like it's a lot easier to kind of talk to a podcast and open up more in that platform. Maybe that's just me, but maybe other people who do social media and podcasting could relate to that. I don't know. It's something about just like you feel like something about being on a podcast is you really just feel like you're the girl narrating your like personal journal in a middle school like Nickelodeon TV show, you know what I mean? Like as told by Ginger as told by Christy on this podcast, and usually as told by Sierra as well. But today, I'm taking the opportunity, because she's not here, to talk about something that's a little more personal, which is very much related to the topic, which you've probably already seen from the title and such, which is kind of just like on this journey of trying to work on my own vulnerability in myself and trying to be better at just like sharing and opening up to people more and just challenging beliefs about myself where I've just always thought that I'm such a closed off private person and that's that and end of story. And the last few months, especially with therapy, as we've mentioned on the podcast intermittently, it's just been something that I've really started to kind of realize that I can challenge and that I'm not destined to be this way just because of a story I might have told myself or just because of things that have happened in the past that have made me think that, oh, I'm, you know, it's totally not a good idea to open up about this thing or it's easier to keep things in or blah 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 and I've really been challenging those ideas and kind of 
working on that aspect of myself because I do really want to be a vulnerable, authentic person. And I think that there is a lot of work that can be done. And I'm still figuring this whole thing out and I'm still on this journey. And honestly, it's kind of like one of those lifelong um, journeys. And, you know, that's not to say that everyone doesn't struggle with this in their own way, in their own different capacity, but it's definitely something that's posed a lot of hurdles in my life and they're often self-imposed which I'll get to so anyway that was kind of an intro to it but I'm going to get into it a little bit more I also kind of think I want to do this episode on the shorter side just because it is just me talking and I don't know if anyone wants to hear me ramble to myself for over an hour so it might be a shorter episode but hopefully you enjoy listening regardless and I don't know I'm just kind of excited to like get a little more real with you guys and this is kind of a good step in that direction. And this is something that I think Sierra and I will definitely talk about more together in future episodes. We've both talked about wanting to do more on, you know, uh, therapy and talking about our own journeys and all of that. And it's interesting too, because I feel like the podcast really captures the whole arc of this journey, not the whole arc, but a large part of the arc of this journey for me, because there've been points in the past where you know, we try to have deeper conversations and get at real things. And I've hit walls with myself in the podcast. And I remember there was one particular episode that it was like early on in the podcast too, where we were trying to record and I just kept getting so emotional and I couldn't speak and I couldn't get words out. And I was just like battling, holding back tears and all of this. And we literally had to stop recording and Sierra was like trying to be there for me and trying to help me out. But I was like, I just don't know why this is so hard for me to talk about because I thought I was past it and I thought that I had overcome this and it was kind of there where I came face to face with maybe, you know, there's still things that are roadblocks in my life that I haven't really faced head on and there's still challenges that I self-sabotage with and things that I've just like put walls around that aren't necessarily healthy to just ignore. And I I think, you know, that came up at certain points and we've both had conversations because you guys, if you listen to the podcast, especially for a while, you probably know that the dynamic between Sierra and I is that like we're similar in a lot of ways, but we're also very different and we complement each other really well. And she is, in contrast to me, someone who is really open, generally speaking, and, you know, opens up to people, is very vulnerable, shares things, um, shares her emotions and everything. So when you put that next to me, who is just not like that, it honestly caused some problems with our dynamic on the podcast in the past, which we haven't really talked about either. But I guess I'll, in the spirit of opening up about things, like Sierra and I both, I'm sure she'd be fine with me talking about this. Um, but I'll text her just in case and edit it out if need be. But um, we've had some hard conversations along the way because I kept getting in my own way, I think, with this before I really went on the journey to tackle this like problem that I had with vulnerability. And again, ongoing problem, <laughs> not completely solved, but I wanted to kind of just talk about it on the point of the journey that I'm on. Um, but we've had problems where like she has felt that I, you know, it, it, it's reflecting on her when I'm not able to open up to something that she is. And then it just, it seems very hollow when she says something that's very like raw and real and deep that's happened to her. And then in contrast, I kind of like skirt around surface level 
issues that I don't want to get into because I'm like, oh, that's a boundary for me. I don't want to talk about it. You know, X marks a spot. We're drawing the line here. And it's just, it's kind of, it, it holds her back in a way too, because this is a two-person podcast and this is something that we're doing together. And I have known that like, I've had problems with like, I don't know, now I'm rambling and I'll probably get into this more later. But I think what I'm trying to get at is being on this podcast is something that's really, really pushed me to want to challenge those things about myself and really kind of brought to light how those things do cause problems in my own life that I didn't think about. Like it was easier when you're just going through day-to-day life and not necessarily challenging those hard conversations or trying to discuss with people on the internet or anything that it's easy to kind of skirt over those and not address them. But then we kept hitting these walls where I just kept running into problems with myself. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is something that I don't want to be defining me. You know, I don't want to be this person that keeps, that just has too many walls up and that can't open up about X, Y, and Z and how's all these like you know, walking on eggshells about what I want to reveal about my personal life and all of that. And of course, there's healthy boundaries to have. But I think um, I was using that as too much of a crutch that I didn't necessarily, you know, that I, I wasn't just addressing them with myself. Exactly. So anyway, now we're getting really far into it. My therapist is typing. Anyway, um, so I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because that's just setting the scene. Oh, my God, I've already been talking for 10 minutes and I didn't even factor this into the episode. But I want to mention a few things, just a little outline of what I want to talk about later in the episode that I want to go into with you guys is, you know, points in the podcast and points in my own life where I've realized that I still have things that I need to work on. And then also with that is starting therapy and things that my therapist has helped me work out with myself and recognize are points that I didn't even realize were, you know, necessarily like, I don't want to say a trigger, but things that were just causing me problems that I hadn't resolved or issues that were stemming from things that I didn't realize. And then also I want to talk about something that helped me that is kind of a more accessible tool because I know not everyone can just like go to therapy and pay money for it because it can be expensive and not always accessible, etc. But also a book that I really, I haven't even finished it yet because I'm savoring it, but I do have a lot of passages from this book highlighted. It's called The Mountain Is You by Brianna Wiest and it's about self-sabotage. I'm pretty sure the tagline is literally turning self-sabotage into self-mastery and again I don't think reading a book can really replace necessary work or therapy or working with a professional if that's what you need but it definitely brings up a lot of really valuable points that I found really helpful and have given me a lot of perspective in this journey for myself that I thought might be useful to share with you all. So I'm going to use the book as kind of like framing points for me going through this and kind of what I've learned about myself and how I can kind of like navigate this more and everything like that. So um, yeah, we took a week off the podcast because of Sierra being sick last week, like I mentioned. So we haven't really done like a life catch up. I don't really need to do too much of life updates or anything because Um, we're going to probably do that when she's back next week. And I want this episode to just kind of be like more of the free flowing journal kind of thing that I talked about. But this past week or two weeks, I suppose, um, I've just been, it's kind of been busy with work. It's been really fun at the same time, exciting to like have new, I've gotten new responsibilities and like projects that I'm in charge of that it's kind of intimidating and I'm learning a lot along the way. Um, but it's also a really good opportunity for me to like take on more of that 
uh, leadership and um, kind of like shape what we're doing into what I, you know, have my own spin on it and everything and obviously working with other people and collaborating with other organizations and stuff. So that's exciting. And um, yeah, it's just been kind of like ever since, I mean, actually, no, sorry, backtracking. That's the first time I've stumbled on my words in this episode. And I'm going to try to minimally edit this. I haven't edited a single thing out yet. But I was going to say that um, building on the January blues episode, but I was realizing that we actually recorded something after that because it was January blues. And then we did the book club with the four agreements. And then we took the week off. So just kidding. But the January blues episode, if you listen to that, very much those vibes because we're almost through January thankfully I I don't know what it is in that episode we literally said like okay well it's also kind of in your head and if you think that January is going to be the worst month and you're going to have the blues and blah 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 it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy to an extent so I'm just trying not to do that but really you guys like I just can't <laughs> I don't like January um, but we're making the most of it you know there's just not that much going on you know people aren't really wanting to go out and go places and do things because it's so cold and it's just, you know, we're just getting through it, but I'm still finding the bright spots. I've still been able to go and do some fun things. And um, I'm just excited for February and March mainly. Like I was looking at my calendar and I'm so excited for things coming up and I don't know, but we're getting through it. (laughs) Um, We are enjoying cozy nights in and watching shows and, you know, trying to do what we can. But See, this isn't even that exciting of a quote-unquote life update, so I'm just going to skip through this part, and we'll get to that next week. But um, we have a little ad break related to Valentine's Day coming up, so I'm going to play that. You'll get your fix of Sierra because she's in this ad, and then we'll get down to business to defeat the Huns. And by defeat the Huns, I mean talk about vulnerability, so defeat (laughs) my demons. (laughs) Okay, anyway, roll the ad. So this episode is sponsored by Me Undies. Now you guys know that Valentine's Day is coming up and there are so many gifts out there on Valentine's Day that are overdone, like, you know, flowers and chocolates. And while those are great, there is something really fun about getting something creative and something that kind of says something about your relationship. And one of those ideas is getting some matching underwear from Me Undies. Now, Here's a fun fact about me. I've actually gotten Jason underwear for many, many holidays over the three years we've been dating. So for Valentine's Day, I got him little boxer briefs with hearts on them. And then for Christmas, I got him boxer briefs that had little like Christmas lights on them. And then for Halloween last year, I got him some with little ghosties. So it's kind of a theme. (laughs) But I've never actually thought about getting us matching underwear. And that is such a fun thing that me undies offers. You can get matching underwear for you and your partner. And they come in so many fun prints like sharks and little swirls and pizza and whatever you can think of. Yeah. And they have like bright colors too. They're really fun. So you can express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun limited edition prints. If you're single, mingle in matching pairs with your friends, your family. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged friend, which is adorable. Christy, I think you and I should get matching underwear because when we live 3,000 miles apart, it would make us feel that much closer to each other. Oh, God. Anyway, (laughs) be sure to check out all of me undies. Super cute and super soft undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear and more available in sizes extra small to 4xl 
So MeUndies has a great offer. For limited time only, you can get 25% off your first order for of matching pairs for Valentine's Day. And as a first-time purchaser, you can also get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. So to get 25% off matching pairs, 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash fingers crossed. That's MeUndies.com slash fingers crossed to get your offer right now. Happy Valentine's Day, kids. Okay, hello. Me again. So back to what we were saying all about the whole vulnerability journey. I'm trying to think about how I want to break this episode down. I mean, I gave you a little outline before our lovely commercial break, but I also know that I could ramble a lot and I just feel like there's so much to be said about this topic that could be broken down into multiple episodes. I think it'd be great if we got a guest that could speak to vulnerability or some sort of, you know, therapist on this that we could discuss with in the future and maybe delve more into that. But I think I kind of want to keep it in the context of self-sabotage and the like the words that Brianna Weiss wrote about the mountain is you. I, I don't know. I just feel like this would be a great opportunity to kind of share that. And then along the way, I can kind of share how those, what these things mean to me and how it's manifested in my life and what I've worked on in the meantime. So hopefully you guys are down for that (laughs) and you're still listening. So that's a good sign. But yeah, starting at the beginning, I feel like I kind of already set the stage of, I actually don't know where this started from of me being like a closed off person. I've just always thought of myself like this is the narrative of the story I've told myself for ages is that I just am super, super private. I don't like to share anything with people. Um, People don't need to know my business. And it's, you know, it's kind of like a self-protection mechanism of like what people don't know about you they can't hurt you with and all this stuff and honestly I just looking back like I've tried to work through this in therapy and things and I'm still not entirely sure this is why it's like an ongoing process I'm still not entirely sure where exactly that stems from because I had a very emotionally available like healthy upbringing my parents were very loving expressed emotions encouraged me to never made me feel that I needed to be closed off or keep things from them or etc etc and I don't know part of me one of the big trigger episodes that I talked about not trigger I mean kind of I guess one of the things I've been working on with this is that the words you know trigger healing and trauma don't necessarily have to be these huge mountainous extremely clear um events in your life like they come in a lot of different shapes and forms that are still just as valid and it's you can't compare that to someone else's so I think one thing that really held me back is I was like oh but I don't have any significant you know quote-unquote childhood trauma that would be you know life-altering completely one day that changed your life kind of thing and it doesn't look like that and I think it's okay to accept that you're you know you don't have to compare it to someone else's and we're all on our own journeys and you probably do have childhood traumas that are just manifested in I don't want to say smaller even because it's just different anyway I don't really want to get into like the nitty-gritty of my own you know things in my past that have caused this or whatever because I do think that there are things that like I want to keep private and I don't even think that that would be the most beneficial part of the story because everyone's path looks different and I kind of just want to get to the unlearning of this and how I've been able to work on it like starting from there and moving forward so 
So TLDR, I have touched on this in the podcast in the past also, but just kind of like there was a time in my life in college where I just went through a really challenging time where I just wasn't happy with myself and had a lot of, you know, negative thoughts towards myself and felt that I was undesirable and, you know, I just kind of didn't want to put myself into situations where I could be hurt or rejected or anything like that so I kind of would like reject myself instead of letting other people reject me and I think that that caused a lot of you know unconscious problems that followed me because I didn't address them so basically I you know I've talked about this if you listen to our like well, I don't remember what episode it was like probably diet culture or like um, talking about fitness journey kind of stuff in the past um, I lost a lot of weight after college and then I kind of just expected that this magical change would take over every part of my life and really that just wasn't the case because changing something on the outside isn't going to do anything if you don't address what's actually driving the problem inside and I think that's where the problem continued and that's where self-sabotage really came in and that's kind of how I want to frame this because this the way that Brianna Wiest in this book framed self-sabotage helped me so much to understand that I'll just read the passage and let it speak for itself but this is just the basic um the first chapter of the mountain is you and her just saying what self-sabotage really is so it says on the surface self-sabotage seems masochistic it appears to be a product of self-hatred low confidence or a lack of willpower in reality self-sabotage is simply the presence of an unconscious need that is fulfilled by the self-sabotaging behavior so essentially I think for me a lot of this manifested in I maybe still had these like unconscious beliefs about myself or what's the word? Um, Something negative. No. (laughs) See, this is why I need someone to bounce off of. Where are the thoughts in my brain? Limiting belief. That's the word I was thinking of. So I had these limiting beliefs about myself unconsciously that I was still undesirable, that I was still, you know, this person that wasn't confident and that no one would ever want me and all of these things that I think... I was self-sabotaging without realizing to confirm those unconscious thoughts. And I was doing things, even if things were going well for me, I would self-sabotage and do something that would, you know, confirm my own, what is it, homeostasis of just like, oh no, like, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough for this. And, you know, I, yeah, I don't deserve this kind of thing. And I would self-sabotage in that way that didn't even appear to be self-sabotage to me until I look back at it now. I try and avoid just reading her entire book word for word in this podcast because I do think it's just so valuable and everyone should read it. And honestly, I started reading this book before I started therapy, I think. And I didn't finish the book because I wanted to savor it, like I mentioned. So I kind of put it on pause and I was like, I'll revisit it later. Like I want to still be getting the lessons instead of just like consuming it in one weekend and it being over. And now revisiting it after I've been in therapy and had a lot more self-awareness about these things that I have been self-sabotaging with, it even rings more true. So again, trying not to read word for word, but just to set up the whole self-sabotage thing, um, I'm going to read a little bit more, but it says self-sabotage. It comes from unconscious negative associations. It's also one of the first signs that your inner narrative is outdated, limiting, or simply incorrect. Your life is not defined, or your life is defined not only by what you think about it, but what you think about yourself. Your self-concept is an idea that you've spent your whole life building. It was created by piecing together inputs and influences from those around you. What your parents believed, what your peers thought, what became self-evident through personal experience, and so on. This is the part that I highlighted that I think is just... 
Your self-image is difficult to adjust because your brain's confirmation bias works to form your pre-existing beliefs about yourself. So when you self-sabotage, it's often like a negative association between achieving the goal that you aspire to, that you think is going to make you happier, and being the kind of person who does or has that thing. So it's kind of like a disconnect where you might think like, oh, this is what I want and this is the goal, but you keep self-sabotaging yourself to get there because you haven't addressed inside like the the version of you, the past self that you've kind of left behind to sit in that and haven't actually acknowledged the problem, you know? So that's what I'm getting at is I think that I, for the past couple of years, you know, I went on this like fitness journey that I thought would change my entire life and I still had these things that I couldn't get past with myself and I still put up these walls. And another reason that I think it really like brought this to my attention recently is when we did the episode talking about attachment styles and I read the book Attached by Amir Levine. I talked about it with my friends and I also mentioned this on the podcast. So again, I'm trying not to be redundant, but it is relevant to the whole story is that I, when I read those things and learned about attachment styles, I was like, I'm 100% an avoidant attachment person. Like, this is me to a T. You know, I am very guarded. I put up walls around it. I don't like to let people in. And I kind of run away from those, like, commitments or attachments, etc. And I was talking about it with other people who also identified as avoidant attachment styles. And they were saying that, like, when they were kids they would, you know, have no problem saying goodbye to their parents, not even look back when they were dropped off at school or camp or whatever. And they were just completely independent from the start. And looking back, like that just wasn't my experience. And when I was younger, when I was a small child, I was like anxiously attached to my parents. Like I would cry when my mom would drop me off from preschool or camp and I was a homesick kid and I had a hard time being away from them. And that just didn't really match up with, because attachment styles, you know, it's like something that's formed very early on in life. It's not necessarily just like, oh, this pattern that you recognize in yourself as an adult. So I brought that to my therapist. That was honestly the catalyst that I was like, okay, I want to understand this. Like, I really want to understand myself. I keep saying that I'm all about self-awareness and, you know, self-improvement, but I still, I can't like explain this for myself. So I'm going to seek out help about it. And I talked to my therapist about it and she's like, you know what? I don't think you're avoidant attached. (laughs) What's the term for that? I don't think you're avoidantly attached. I don't think that that's your attachment style. I don't think that that was something that came up in early childhood for you. I think that you use avoidance as a tool to guard yourself because you haven't addressed these self-confidence issues and these limiting beliefs that you have about yourself before that. And that's when I really had this like mind-blowing light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because I do think I had a very healthy, safe childhood upbringing when it comes to attachment. And I do think that I don't, I couldn't pinpoint why I would be, you know, avoiding attachment. But she told me that because, or she helped me understand that because I've had these like negative thoughts about myself so often that I never actually acknowledged or addressed that are still subconsciously these limiting beliefs about myself that I thought that I was past but maybe kind of like bandaged over in a superficial way and not got at the root to acknowledge them and really heal them 
that they're still coming up in my life and I'm using avoiding that and avoiding being vulnerable with people and everything as a tool for protecting myself from that and, and continuing that like homeostasis of I can't let myself get hurt or rejected or X, Y, and Z. And I think that that was just like the moment that I really had that light bulb moment I mentioned. And I don't know, that's just, I was so freeing to understand that because that's where I started to really get to the point where I don't have to continue to believe these things about myself that I, you know, I'm not just destined to be this like closed off person and, you know, using, oh, I'm just, you know, an avoidant attachment as an excuse. Like that's not really the problem. And I'm just kind of ignoring it if I continue with that narrative and use that narrative of, oh, like I just don't feel the need to open up to people and confide in people the same way that other people do as this like crutch of excusing it. And I think that's where I really started to like get somewhere with this whole vulnerability journey and started to accept the narrative that like I am maybe not like that. And maybe there are things that I can work on that I have that allow myself to kind of like bring those walls down and confide in people and bring them in and realize that it's not going to, you know, cause these huge reactions that I maybe told myself they would or it's not going to end up with me hurt necessarily and all these things. And I don't know. It's just very freeing. So that's kind of where I found self-sabotage to be a problem in my life and why this book especially resonated with me. Um, and now like, I genuinely think, okay, we said we were going to do another attachment styles episode, which I think we definitely should because in that episode, I definitely was convinced that I was an avoidant attachment style. And now I genuinely think that I'm a secure attachment style, <laughs> which is like weird for me. Um, but since then, you know, being able to have that perspective, bringing it into my relationships and opening up more to other people in like an intimate way that I just realized that like, I don't actually have these problems, but I had this narrative that I did that just prevented me from even trying that, you know, or even allowing myself to get to the point where I was like opening up in that way. And since then, you know, with more people in my life, I've been working on that and realizing that, it's not the end of the world and it's actually much healthier <laughs> and it's actually this is like duh but if you struggle with these things too I really wanted to make this episode in case there's someone listening or out there that identifies with this or that has a hard time being vulnerable or always thought of yourself as this like closed off person that's just really private and that's how you are um that it doesn't have to be like that <laughs> and it might not be serving you it might not be protecting you as well as you thought because you're actually stopping yourself from having those real authentic connections where it's like a mutual, you know, confiding and opening up to someone relationship that actually brings you a lot closer and establishes trust and everything because there's only so much you can do or only so much depth you can have in a relationship where you are still hitting walls and not allowing someone to get to that, you know, know who you really are kind of thing. So um, back to the book. <laughs> um, I just think that the whole confirmation bias lens of looking at self-sabotage not as like this super dark you know masochistic tool that she describes that a lot of people think of it as it's more just your brain is trying to confirm your own limiting beliefs about yourself and you have to actually challenge those beliefs in a meaningful way and replace them with new narratives about yourself and have and you know challenge yourself to go outside of that and create the evidence that you can open up to these people and still have a good outcome from it and replace those you know, negative associations 
with new positive experiences. Hopefully they're positive. And luckily, like I, in the past few months in the, you know, I don't know, I guess it's been probably more than that now, but just working on that with myself and in my life and the people in my life, I've been proven or I haven't come into a situation where, you know, I opened up to someone challenging my own vulnerability and then it backfired and then I was back to square one. Like I've only been met with really positive reactions, which I think is good and it it won't always be that way for everyone in that situation. Um, But I feel very lucky and just like grateful for the people in my life and all of that, like working on this. I think I have great people in my life to help me. So now I just kind of want to keep reading a few of the passages that I've had highlighted in this book that I think will be really useful in this conversation. So this one is self-sabotage comes from belief systems. So kind of what I've already said, but she just says it better, is what you believe about your life is what you will make true about your life. And I think that's just bottom line. Like I kept telling myself that I am X, Y, and Z, or I am avoidant attached, or I just don't do well opening up, blah, blah, blah. And those are self-fulfilling prophecies in a lot of ways. If you tell yourself that, that's what's going to happen in your life and thoughts really do become things I think in a lot of circumstances not necessarily in the manifesting context but you know a lot of things start in your brain and what you think about yourself and the narratives that you have about yourself in your own life are so powerful and they are going to come true if you believe them strongly enough so you can actually have the power to change the own, those narratives you have about your own self and just how you are and how you interact with other people and you don't have to be limited to these things that you've just thought about yourself for a long time and the next one that's kind of related to that oh this is about um healing which very useful to truly heal you're going to have to change the way you think you're going to have to become very conscious of negative and false beliefs and start shifting to a mindset that actually serves you. So again, that kind of relates back. And I feel like she, a lot of these things um, are related in the different chapters that she has. And again, I haven't finished the book. I'm in like the 65% range of this book. I also think understanding this can help you to be more understanding or just like have compassion or just you know some context for other people in your life that maybe self-sabotage and you get so frustrated because you've tried to help them and you just don't understand why or they don't see it like you do rationally or something like that is really understanding something that she refers to as core commitments which is essentially what you're committed to in your life maybe unconsciously which might be upholding those negative associations in your life or those kind of limiting beliefs that I talked about earlier. So the way she describes this, which I think is very useful, is here we go. Part of the reason we often experience intense inner conflict or self-sabotage is because of something called a core commitment, which is essentially your primary objective or intention for your life. Your subconscious commitments are basically what you want more than anything else and you often aren't even aware of. You can identify your core commitments by looking at the things you struggle with most and the things you're most driven by. If you can peel back the layers of your motivations toward each, you'll find a root cause. And when you find the same root cause for everything, you found a core commitment. And this is, I think, the key point that I highlighted that I think, especially if you have a friend that's struggling with this and you just like stand by and watch, it can help you understand, is people only seem irrational and unpredictable until you understand what they're fundamentally committed to. And oftentimes it's, you know, those unconscious things or those negative, I keep using the same words, but uh, you know what I'm saying? It might just be that they're unconsciously committed to confirming those things about themselves, which is what I 
found was my own struggle and I think a lot of people do struggle with in just different ways and it might look completely different from one person to the next and I think we all probably have these things that we deal with in one way or another and I I know I've seen it in my own life and my own friends of just like you know you see friends with like very predictable patterns whether it's in relationships or how they you know don't seek out the jobs that they really want or like settling for things and you get so frustrated because as you're being their friend you really want to see them thrive and succeed and you see this clear path forward of why don't they just do this but it's important to understand that we all are dealing with these like inner things that are we're trying to confirm essentially unconsciously so I think yeah it'll seem irrational until you understand what they're fundamentally committed to and maybe they don't know it or want to actually be committed to that Um, but again it's kind of like a battle between conscious and unconscious as far as what you want what you think will get you there and then the subconscious self-sabotaging that happens in the meantime if you don't address it there goes my phone I fell I might leave that in because you know (laughs) we're barely editing this episode Another useful passage that relates to this is about core needs. So it says the most important thing to understand that is your core commitments are actually a cover up for core needs. Your core need is the opposite of your core commitment. Your core need is also another way to identify your purpose. For example, if your subconscious core commitment is to be in control, your core need is trust. If your subconscious core commitment is to be needed, your core need is to know you are wanted. If your subconscious core commitment is to be loved by others, your need is self-love. And oftentimes I think people misinterpret what these core needs are and they'll look for it in other things or they'll look for it in something more superficial that they think will, you know, fill this void but might actually just be a distraction kind of thing. Okay, I don't want to read too much. (laughs) I've said this too many times. But this, I keep thinking that like, okay, I got to wrap it up and then just like move on from the book. But I keep finding these passages and I'm like, no, this really hits the nail on the head. But this is about, uh, back to the whole like core commitments and core needs. This is about self-sabotage in the way of meeting those needs. So I'll just read it. So behaviors that you think are holding you back are really just meeting your needs. It's not a matter of trying to push yourself beyond them. It's a matter of seeing them for what they are and finding better, healthier ways to fulfill them. So, oh, love that. And I think that's where the feedback loop is, is like you keep sabotaging and then doing something that you think is going to make it better, but you're not doing the right thing. Like you're not fulfilling it in a meaningful way. So another passage says, though we live in an age where people tend to tell us that we should be entirely self-sufficient or to want or need another person's presence, validation, or company is a sign of self-insufficiency that is not an accurate portrayal of what it means to be human and it severely overlooks the reality of human nature and connection. Which was something, that's also something that I really had to work on. I didn't even talk about the whole like hyper-independence aspect of it, which I talked about in my 2022 goals video I put on YouTube if you want to watch that or if you have. Um, But that's also something that I'm trying to like unlearn or deconstruct in my life is like finding healthy boundaries and where lines are where I don't have to be so far in one direction where it's like, okay, I don't need anyone and I can do everything myself and blah, blah, blah. And I don't need to rely on anyone, which just isn't the case. Like, I think I've very much learned that connection and and intimacy and confiding in people and things is a part of the human experience that's beneficial and like anything there's a healthy way to approach it that doesn't have to be so far on one side and it doesn't have to mean being like over 
over-reliant or codependent or anything like that either, which also she says in the next part. Though many people are codependent and lean too heavily on others to give them a sense of safety and self, leaning too far the other way, where you believe that you don't need anyone or anything and that you can do everything yourself is not healthy either. They're two opposite manifestations of the same wounds, which are mistrust and inability to connect. Your need to feel validated is valid. Whew. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going, I'm like spilling all over the place in this episode. Um, but I really hope this does help someone or like someone can connect with this because again, this is very vulnerable for me if you haven't noticed, if you haven't caught the whole theme of this thing up to this point. Um, but I really do hope it like pays off and can help someone else or maybe, you know, direct someone that really needed to hear something in this book or maybe you're struggling with something that's different or you do realize that you self-sabotage in a different way, but this could help you kind of just like figure that out. But it's definitely a whole process that I'm still working on and, you know, seeing through in myself and it's an ongoing thing that's going to continue. But I just kind of wanted to share that in that whole journey and maybe like this could help with the direction of the podcast too. Like if you're listening to this and want to hear more about certain things or hear episodes with the two of us, me and Sierra talking about a subtopic that I've brought up in this episode or something like that that you just think would benefit the podcast in some way. I would love to hear that. And I don't know, again, I feel like with this, it's all about finding the right balance and kind of right walking a tightrope in the right place without going too far to one side. Because this doesn't mean that, okay, suddenly I'm an open book and going to share everything because I am still very conscious of like, professionalism and healthy boundaries and just the way that the internet is like because I'm saying that I am working on being a lot more vulnerable and open in my own life that might not translate to being like completely open on the internet necessarily I still am very conscious of like what you put on the internet you know anyone can see and it can I don't know I just feel like there's still places where you don't want to overstep professionalism in a way you know people from my career can see things that are on the internet and people in my family and things and I don't know I I still I want to work on vulnerability but I think right now the process is still like with the close people in my life and like in my immediate circle and I think it will bleed out into the internet slowly without being over the top (laughs) Um, but hopefully you guys will see that more in like coming weeks and months and on the podcast or on other social media platforms, if you follow me or whatever, um, just know that it's probably going to be a slow process and I'm still trying to build out where I'm comfortable with those boundaries as I'm more comfortable with being more open about things. And I don't know. I think it's just an ongoing process and it starts with myself and we're, we're getting there and we'll see like what other ripple effects it um, gets to later on. But she has another chapter about letting go of the past that I think has so many useful pieces of information and lines. And also, I think this is something that I relate to a lot because I've always thought of myself, again, with the past narratives and stuff, which I still think are true, but I've always thought of myself as a very nostalgic person and I tend to like live in the past in ways of like, what if I had done this? Or maybe this was the right path or blah, blah, blah. And this chapter was really, really powerful to me. So this line says... This is the moment you realize that you'll never find peace standing in the ruins of what used to be. You can only move on if you start building something new. You let go when you build a new life so immersive and engaging and exciting you slowly over time forget about the past. 
Woo. Okay. And then she goes on with more amazing things and says, with time, you see that it was not the path. It was what was standing in your way. Boom. Okay. And also this part. Great. God, I'm just freaking obsessed with her. I'm literally like her number one fan as an author, like obsessed. She also just released a new book called um, This Is How You Heal, which is iconic because that's exactly what I need after reading this book. So I started it. I'm only 6% into it, but I'm excited to read it. And this line I think is really good too. This is the psychological trick to release old experiences, which kind of talks about how we store unfinished or unresolved emotional experiences within our bodies. Cognitively, we often find that we're we're stunted by the time in our lives in which we were damaged or traumatized. We got scared. We never got over the fear. And as a result, we stopped growing. So we don't realize that the experiences that hurt us aren't usually the ones that we're indifferent about. There's something within them that we deeply wanted or still desire. So we weren't broken by the breakup. We're broken by wanting a love that wasn't right for us. We weren't devastated by a loss. We were devastated because we wanted so badly for that person or thing to remain in our lives. And I think that's actually relates to something I've heard before that's about how grief is about the love, like the feeling of love that you don't have anywhere to put kind of thing. It's about what was missing and not actually the thing that happened if that makes sense I don't want to like say that wrong but I think that's what she's saying is that it's about this like unfulfilled need or unmet need that still is left by this thing that you lost or this thing that happened in the past so it says we mentally become trapped in these places from which we still crave an experience what we don't realize is that we have to sort of free ourselves from it so that we can go forth and create it in real time so, uh, okay, I could just keep going on and I'm going to stop myself there and turn off the book because it's just too good. And I'll continue reading it after I <laughs> turn off this episode. But I just think that it's just so well said and relates so closely to what I've been, you know, working on in myself and I'm trying to get better about and the journey that I'm on. So, yeah, that was a little look into my whole vulnerability journey and challenge. I also like would love to hear some resources or recommendations from you all listening. I know that I've heard a lot about Brene Brown. She works a lot on vulnerability and she has a podcast, which I've listened to bits of, but I feel like I haven't really found the right episode that I've like really resonated with yet. So I don't know. I might do that or read some of her books or something, um, but still just something that's like a continuous process for me, but I've already noticed such an improvement in myself and my relationships and like being able to open up more to people and like new things in my life that have I didn't realize that I was missing because I was kind of like closing myself off to them. And I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of good that can come from and it's really hard. It's not easy to confront these things. And I talk about it easily now because it's been months of me kind of dragging some things out of myself and like having super emotional and tough like things the conversations I would dread with my therapist or like the dreading the thought of like bringing up the emotions around them but having that release and really actually letting myself feel them and understand where they're coming from and just like unpacking things that I've you know ignored for a long time that I didn't think were actual problems doesn't really help you know it doesn't matter what you call a problem if you say that it's insignificant or not actually traumatic or you don't need to heal from it like it doesn't actually change the fact that it's still preventing you from progressing in life in some ways perhaps and I just think that there's only good that can come from trying to do the work and heal what you need to work on 
whether it's professionally, whether it's journaling in whatever capacity you can, reading books that can give you perspective. I don't know. Listening to podcasts. I don't know if this is even helpful. I'm probably just rambling so much in this episode. Um, But again, like this is not something I could have done, say, six months ago. Like sit down and talk about this and like open myself up in this way. And again, a lot of this that I've said in this episode has been pretty abstract, um, but still hard (laughs) for me to like talk about usually. And it's just not as hard anymore. And I'm really proud of myself for that. So take a moment today and look back at the progress you've made, whether, you know, you've been working on something in therapy or something different and just realize that like, we're all coming from starting from different places too. And what may seem like, maybe you listen to this whole thing and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I I can't relate to this at all. I'm an open book and all my friends wish that they could shut me up about my emotions and all my problems in life. Like, that's great. (laughs) And I good for you genuinely and I'm trying to get there in a healthy way um but maybe you are listening as someone who has had the same struggle and I think it's good to kind of like voice these things and know that you're not alone and um yeah that's where I'm at I don't really know how to wrap this up this has been great honestly I feel like I've had another therapy session just with you guys and gushing over all the great passages in The Mountain Is You by Brianna Wiest um that was a book if you didn't hear that but anyway thanks for listening Thanks for sticking with me, being a part of this journey, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here and how maybe on social media or the podcast in the future, we can really kind of bring this vulnerability work into action. I don't know. Manifest it somewhere. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking now. Thanks so much for sticking with us. Subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Um, give us a rating if you've listened to this and other episodes or you just feel so inclined we would love if you give us a five-star rating it takes two seconds I bet you could do it by the end of this episode on Apple Podcasts just go click the five stars you don't have to like write anything or leave a review or if you're on Spotify now you can also leave a rating so that's a new thing so we want to build it up if you're um, listening there go and give us a little show some love if you want Happy almost end of January, everyone. Actually, I think this is going up on February 1st. Oh my goodness gracious, we've made it. This is a great day to be alive. Let me double check. Yep, February 1st, Tuesday, episode 75 of Fingers Crossed. Thanks for listening. Love you all so much. And we will be back next Tuesday, hopefully with a healthy, recovered Sierra Green as my co-host and back on the mic. So until then, keep your fingers crossed. Bye, guys. (laughs)